0: It's time for Red Zone Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic Associates on 95.3 KGY. A weekly look at high school football in the area with your host, Noel Wall, and Olympian prep contributor, Dave Weber. And welcome and good morning to the Red Zone. I am Noel, and Dave is right across the table. We're in the first week of the playoffs. We have five teams in the hunt we have other teams with crossover matchups and we'll talk about them all. This is episode uh, 10 of season 5. The show will be available for podcast on the Red Zone Talk page of kgyfm.com. Enter your student to win free driver's education from our friends at 911 Driving School. Later on we're going to talk uh, no well we're going to hear Dave's talk with uh, Timberline's Hunter Campau. Uh, Timberline earned the number 2 seed in 3ASSC with a win over Yelm and Campo did quite a job. Uh, first, let's get going with uh, 2B, the Southwest Mountain Mountaineers. Uh, Rainier 5 and 4 is how they're going to finish after a
1: loss to Napa Vine 48 to 27. Yeah, it was the third straight year that Rainier started out 5 and 0, oh, but they ran into that Tough 2B Mountain Division competition. They also had a spate of injuries, and they never won another game. Last week, uh, the Mounties had fallen behind 48-2 to fourth-ranked Napavine, but then they scored four touchdowns under the running clock conditions, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Cut the final score to 48-29. Michael Green, who would later run 88 yards from scrimmage for a score, ran a kickoff back 75 yards to start the scoring. He also counted for the final touchdown with a 20-yard pass to Carson Edminster, Sean Mahaffey, Ran 27 yards for Rainier's other score in the night when senior quarterback Zach Lofgren unfortunately missed his final game with a concussion. And Green, Edminster, Mahaffey, and also all-around offensive star Brody Klein all back for the Mounties next season. Good coach down there in Terry Shaw. So one of these years, it's going to be their year. All right. Well, yeah, they they didn't finish
0: quite as well as last year, but uh, still a strong team. And as you say... A real buzz saw
1: in that area down there that they ran into at the end of the season. Just tough. I mean, the small school teams. Some of them, some of them are dressing forty guys. Some of them are dressing twenty, like Rainier does. Yeah. And when injuries come, that makes a big difference. Yeah, it does. Sure does. Moving on to one A Evergreen League, the Nino
0: Beavers uh, fell to Kingston, and that was uh, what
1: thirty nine to twelve. Uh, that was thirty two to twelve, but thirty two. One, one way or another, it <laughs> I read it wrong. <laughs> the loss is a loss they had to pick a yes. long long trip all the way up there and uh uh but nonetheless I was surprised um, and and impressed that despite a winless record and enough injuries that two weeks ago they forfeited forfeited to Monteseno Tenino has scheduled a crossover game they'll host uh 2B Mossy rock that has a two and seven record on the black turf this evening and mossy rock last to Toledo last week 61 to 6. And the Beavers have not met Mossy Rock in the last 15 years, so matchup will bring a little bit of variety to both teams. It
0: sounds like a competitive game tonight. It will to, be. 2B so, against 1A. So all right, we'll, we'll have
1: the results next week.
0: Yep. Uh, 4A Olympia, we're going to move to there. They're go- They're uh, at 2-7 and as they fell to Curtis by a big score, 47-14. to 14.
1: They did, and the Vikings just have a great offense. I saw them against Sumner. Um, they had 589 yards of total offense. To produce a route over the Bears, um, Bears will be one of the crossover teams as well. They will host Kent Meridian uh, Saturday night at Ingersoll at seven. Royals are four and five. They thumped Nathan Hale fifty-two to thirteen in their North Puget Sound League finale a week ago. And again in the game in which the two schools haven't played for at least the last fifteen years. That's what the records I have to check. And so it'll be another fresh matchup. All right. Well, that's uh,
0: interesting, and we're off, and we are underway Uh, when we come back. uh, Well, still to come, I should say, we've got uh, Dave's interview with uh, Timberline's Hunter Campau, and uh, a lot more. We'll talk about 2A when we come back. You're listening to Red Zone Talk on Olympia's KGY. Welcome back to Red Zone Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic Associates and Rapid Orthopedic. You're with Noel and Dave, and we move on to 2A, looking at the EVCO. Uh, Rochester Warriors, uh, they fall to Black Hills 68-12. to 12.
1: Yes, and they're going to call it a day on that one. Um, Talked to Coach uh, Moorhead the other day, said they played everybody but the seniors in the JB game on Monday, and that's going to be that. No crossover for them. In that game, though, they did score a couple of TDs. Daniel May completing six of 12 passes for 108 yards. Grayson Johnson rushed for 55 yards and a touchdown. Enrique Sanchez, 60 yards and a touchdown. And Pat- Patrick Riley, the Warriors' one first-team All-Evco pick a year ago, he'd had a couple of softer games, but he finished his high school career on a high note with five catches for 75 yards.
0: All right, that's – uh. Yeah, 2-7, same as last year, so, you know,
1: looking ahead to next year, I think. Yeah, it's just a lot of, uh, you know, we talk about the 2B Mountain. How would you like to be a 2A school trying to rebound in a league that has Tumwater and Black Hills and yeah, no WF kidding. West in it?
0: No know, so. kidding. And speaking of Tumwater and Black Hills, T-Birds got a big win over Centralia, 56 to nothing. Probably not much of a workout for them there.
1: No, but there were some good signs there because I don't know if uh, people remember from the Pioneer Bowl, they're one-two punch running the ball prior to that had been Dylan Loftus and Zane Murphy. And they were both uh, scouted out of that game. Whatever Black Hills had done, just stopped those two guys in their tracks. But in the 56 to nothing route of Centralia, uh, Dylan Loftus was back 117 yards rushing two touchdowns on just six carries Zane Murphy. uh, He scored on a run and two pass receptions from Wyatt Palmer to help get the blowout going. And Cody Whalen also threw a touchdown pass to Scott Duboisky. So, that is how they ended up their regular season, and they're going to be playing Woodland, two teams that are 8-1. and one. Um, T-Birds are ranked sixth. I so believe Woodland is ranked eighth, so two ranked teams going at it in the first round. That'll be a big match. It will be, and Woodland is coming off a victory. It's fourth in a row, 47-27 over Mark Morris to conclude the uh, Greater St. Helens season. And the teams, uh, These two teams did meet 10 years ago in the 2008 district playoffs Tumwater won that one easily 67-13, but a lot can happen in a decade. A lot can happen so, in a decade. I would not think that that has any indication. Just an interesting fact to throw in there. It has nothing to do with yeah. what's going to happen uh, when these two teams meet on Saturday.
0: Well, it's interesting, too, what the one loss can do for you or to you. As uh, you said, uh, Tumwater's going to play an 8-1 and one school. Black Hills, with their perfect record, they get to host a 5-4 and four
1: team. Uh, Black Hills beat Rochester 68-12 to 12 last week. Yeah, we talked a little bit about that from the Rochester side on Black Hills side. Yep. Taylor Simmons, another 100-yard rushing game, just six carries, scored one TD. He also scored one of uh, two fr- first-quarter touchdown passes from sophomore quarterback Jaylen Cody, Jaden Cody from 48 yards out. Cody's other TD went to Ethan Loveless from 11 yards away. And then they just had a whole bunch of guys coming off the bench to score rushing touchdowns. Jordan Claridge, Peyton Hoyt, Ryan Maloney, and Simmons caught a pass, ran one in, and also ran a punt back for a touchdown. So a lot of points, 68, a lot of ways to get there. And as you mentioned, they'll be playing Columbia River, which is 5-4. and four. That's tonight at Tumwater District Stadium. Chieftains finished their season uh, last week with a 49-27 loss to Clarkston. That was a non-league game. But now, interestingly, I've talked about a couple of the matchups that are brand new. Talked about Tumwater not playing uh, Woodland for 10 years, but this game is a rematch from last season's district playoffs. The Wolves won that one 14-10 over the Chieftains, so we will see what we will see in the rematch tonight. I think uh, I'm hoping for a uh, bigger margin of victory, you know, and and looking at the records you would think maybe, but you never know. You never do, but I think Black Hills is, um, they're on a roll it's tough to get complacent in the playoffs, so... I don't think they're going to look at a five and four record and think this is an easy game. I think they're going to see it as the gateway to the state bracket, and they're going to do everything in their power to win it. And you're probably right; it'll probably be more than a four point Wolves victory. Yeah.
0: So South Puget Sound League River Ridge Hawks are uh, in the playoffs. They beat Washington 34 to nothing to finish the regular season six and three overall.
1: Yeah, River Ridge, like I said, they're like the one of the sleeper teams throughout the state. Um, six and three shut a team out that was not a meaningless late-season game. That was for the fifth or sixth seed to the district playoffs, so a slight amount of importance to that game. Um, and they came through big, knocking off uh, Washington soundly. Kieran Hunkin rushed for a game-high 73 yards, 16 carries, scored two TDs. Darian Brown ran for a touchdown. They used two different quarterbacks, Javon Brown and Tomasi Manu, and each of them threw a touchdown pass to sophomore sensation, Dante Owens. I wonder if I can ever say Dante Owens without sophomore <laughs> sensation in front of it. But if you've seen Riveridge play, you know what I'm talking about. So um, sadly for Riveridge, despite finishing pretty strongly, um, they were three and three. They won their last three games. They still have to go on the road in the district playoffs. They'll be playing North Kitsap, which is eight and one, and they just crushed Olympic sixty to nineteen to end their regular season. They're a ground control team. They ran for four hundred and forty one of their four hundred and ninety four yards in that last game. And these teams have recent history. Uh, when these kids were freshmen, I believe, um, 2015, North Kitsap won a state playoff game, 17 to six, down here at South Sound Stadium.
0: All right, well, kind of a, a more difficult road for them. We'll see what happens as they go up against that eight and one team. That uh, brings us to the end of the two A schools. Uh, still to come, we have got three A teams. And a little bit later, we'll we'll have that conversation with Hunter Campow. We'll be back after this. This is RZT on KGY. Welcome back to Red Zone Talk on KGY. I'm Noel, and Dave is here. We're going to start with uh, South Sound uh, Conference 3A Shelton, who got a win over North Thurston, 24-17. to They're starting to put something together there.
1: Yeah, they are. That's uh, really good news for them. They've... Uh... Worked hard. They knew they were up against it all league long, all season long. It took them forever to even get a score in the SSC, and they finally did that, I believe, against Big Harbor a couple of weeks ago. And they won that one, as you mentioned, 24-17. 15-game 3A Evergreen losing streak ends. Last wow. time they, Last time they won a league game was also against North Thurston. October of 2016, they beat the Rams 31-21, so it's been a long time. Friday night, they... Uh, High Climbers fell behind, but they tied tied it up before the first quarter was over on a 70-yard pass from Luke McPhee to Charlie Hurt. North Thurston took the lead again, but Sheldon kicked a field goal, then went ahead to stay on a five-yard touchdown pass from McPhee to Anthony Boren. And then Boren put some insurance. Well, I guess it wasn't the insurance that actually held him off, held off North Thurston's final rally with a 40-yard touchdown run, also by Anthony Boren. McPhee finished 5 of 11 for 144 yards. Warren led the climbers in both rushing 51 yards on six carries and receiving three catches, 40 yards. So as you mentioned, when we were away for a second, Shelton will have a chance to end on a winning streak as they will play a crossover game in Mount Tahoma. And the windless T-Birds are coming in off a 49 to seven loss to Bonnie Lake. But they're hoping to avenge a 12 to seven defeat to the high climbers in week 10 last year. So, this is a team that the Climbers might be favored over. Could get that second straight win, building up a lot of momentum into their offseason uh, weight training and so forth.
0: Yeah. Oh, interesting. That's a very nice stadium up there in Mount Tahoma, too. And North Thurston, likewise, is going to play
1: a crossover game. Uh, they'll face 2-7 and seven Spanaway Lake this afternoon. Yep. 4 o'clock game. Um, a Sentinels of Spanaway Lake. They lost their fifth straight 40-12 to 12 to the stadium last week. So, both these teams coming in on long losing streaks. North Thurston's lasted the entirety of the uh, SSC season. So we'll see how that goes. Last week, a couple of highlights. Gary Garcia rushed for 121 yards, two touchdowns against Shelton. Keon Maggard passed for 131 yards. couple of two and seven teams, so probably a pretty even matchup. Yep.
0: Capital Cougars at five and four. They fell to Peninsula, a tough team going on there,
1: 45 to seven. Yeah, and Peninsula knew that they needed that one to uh, win the championship of the 3A South Sound. I was informed um, since last week that the way the South Sound Conference does it, it's not co-champions if you're tied at the top. The head-to-head breaks the tie, so Peninsula is considered the conference champs despite having the same 6-1 record as Timberline. Um, Capital stayed close for a while in that game, 10-7 at halftime. Then the Seahawks got rolling. Chris Penner, they're all-around star. He's a receiver, DB, place kicker. He was out with an injury. So the only points they got were from Clayton Grady, who caught a 49-yard pass from Grant Erickson. And in their crossover game, Capital will host Bonnie Lake. Panthers are 3-5 and five after a 49-7 win over Mount Tahoma last week. And another new matchup they haven't played any time recently. Yeah,
0: and Cougars are stand to finish uh, better than they did last year, no matter what
1: happened. Yeah, Cougars, are, they're going to end on a losing streak, but they had a good season. They were not not expecting to be champions. They just wanted to set the table for future seasons. Even Grant Erickson and Chris Penner, the two senior stars, were kind of aware of that and realistic about that, and I think they were able to do that. I think that uh, nobody took capital lightly, and that's probably why Penelts beat them so soundly, was they were worried about them coming back, and when it was 10-7 at halftime, they were probably given a uh, – Shall we say fiery talk? Uh, I their, bet. Uh, their, uh, their uh, coach <laughs> in the locker room, and that caused the Seahawks to come out and uh, kind of bury the Cougars late. But you know, when you get to the halftime of your ninth game playing the uh, number one team in the league relatively evenly, you know you have set the table. You have come a players. long way. Yep. That is exactly right.
0: Well, coming up, uh, we have a little more left. We're going to finish up talking about the three A schools, uh, that interview with Hunter Campbell and more as Red Zone Talk continues. And welcome back once again to Red Zone Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic Associates and Rapid Orthopedic. We're here to wrap it up. Nolan Dave uh, with you on a uh, nice Friday morning. And uh, we're continuing with the last of the 3A schools and talking about the, where they got seeded and that kind of stuff. We've been talking about uh, Peninsula. They earned the top seed by beating Capital, uh, they finished 7-2 and two overall. One league loss. They'll face 4-5 and five Seattle Prep in the opening round. I don't think you did any research on that. You got any guess about who's going to win? Hmm. <laughs> I might perchance yeah. per favor the Seahawks in that one. I would think so. Uh, meanwhile, in the second seed, is that right? Timberline's going to wind up with the second seed. They had a 33-13 win over Yelm
1: Hunter Campau. Another big night, ran for two, threw for two. Yeah, and uh, another 100 and 100 night, you want to call it. Uh, He had completed 9 of 14 passes for 148 yards, rushed 18 times for 105. Um, As you mentioned, uh, threw scoring passes to J.J. Graham and Jaden Gorman. Excuse me, Isaiah Jarenz. And Jaden Gorman also ran for the other Blazer touchdown. uh, Part of his 17 carries for 81 yards.
0: All right, and... uh... Let's see. Should we talk to? Should we go ahead and play your interview with Hunter?
1: Yeah, we might as well go ahead and do that.
0: All right. Uh, here it is. It's about four, four and a half minutes. Play the whole
1: so, thing. what do you think? I wasn't able to see the game the internet. What do you think the key was to that game? How you guys were able to win that
2: one? Um, we were just spreading the ball around. I'm pretty sure we got all our wide receivers involved. All the starters caught the ball. Uh, our starting running back Gorman was getting it on the ground. Our linemen were performing well. Our defense was stopping them in the red zone, which was key. It was just uh it was probably our best all around game this season. Yeah, I think it might have had to have been. They were in a roll. Yeah. So, you don't play defense anymore, though, right? Uh, I might start this week. You might? I really, Is I, that played, right? I played last week and forced a fumble on the floor. Did you really? Oh, yeah. I did not know that. So, so I might play a little defense depending on if they need me or not. They don't really want me to, but I want right. I want to play. So, it's how it's, – I mean, if I get out there, I get out there.
1: So, that gives me the question I was trying to ask because I didn't know you did. But uh-huh. how, how did it feel being on defense against that offense that they have where they, they uh, were pretty
2: good? And... It felt pretty cool. I just want to be out there, be the guy making plays, and uh, – I, I just love football. I want to be on the field yeah. as much as I can. So they
1: had the ball in your five and you forced the phone. Yeah, yeah. you remember um, what down it was?
2: It was, I think it was first, first down first and five down? or that's something big. like that. And first I made and a goal before. to yeah. five.
1: Yeah, that's a big one. So when you look back, I ask Coach the same question. You look back at that Peninsula game where you score a touchdown, yeah. all you got to do is get the extra point, and the overtime continues, and uh-huh. then somebody got—I guess was was a was it personal foul or something. Uh, yeah. Don't, yeah, don't yeah, yeah. Don't, we won't yeah. put and it on anybody. No the paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they spun the ball. So how does how did do you how disappointing is that when you look back and realize uh, you guys could have been undisputed champions?
2: Yeah, very disappointing. And uh, all honestly, I've lost a couple weeks of sleep just thinking about that game. But I think that just helped us want it even more because we were uh we were league champs last two years and I think this just really showed us that we have to come and play our a game every single game or else something like that's going to happen so I think it just uh made us go harder in practice and I think it was a great learning experience for us you still finished tied for first yeah what
1: do you know about Oak Harbor thus
2: far very disciplined team. They run the wing T. They give you a whole bunch of different looks on uh, defense, cover two, cover, man, everybody, cover four. They're they're a very good high school, uh, high school football team. Okay.
1: Last year, when you moved to quarterback, did you have any trepidation about that?
2: Uh, not really. I just like being the leader and the guy, kind of like that, keeping everybody focused and. Uh, just ready I guess kind of being the guy the leader just someone uh, for everyone to follow Had you ever played it before like in youth ball or anything Yeah so I did play I was wide receiver my whole life then 8th grade I started for the TCYFL team okay. freshman year played quarterback but it was mostly just like running quarterback like option stuff so right. like passing and stuff was pretty new to me that year so it took a year to kind of get used to that and stuff like that So you were the fr- was that
1: on JBC team what was that Freshman, freshman team freshman you team. Had a we freshman, went at all that freshman year. Year. yeah okay. yeah I noticed I was looking at your roster, sometimes it says C teams. If you go yeah. back,
2: sometimes it says
1: freshmen. Yeah. Um, question that I did ask him, and I'll ask you the same thing. He mentioned earlier in the year that you guys were working intensely on your quarterback skills. Yeah. What, what do you guys actually train most on?
2: Uh, I'm just reading, trusting my wide receivers, getting the ball out on my third step. And mostly this year, last year, I was kind of hesitant with the decision. And once I make a decision to just follow through with that decision. Okay.
1: And he mentioned footwork too. Do you? Do you
2: a lot of that. Oh, we work soul. on that every day. Yeah. So We work on that a lot, and uh, I think it's been showing in my game this year. And what was the hardest thing when you first became a quarterback? What was the toughest thing to pick up? Honestly, for me, I'm just a shorter quarterback, so just seeing everything on the field. But it's not really hard to pick up when you have your linemen blocking and have athletes all around you. And when do you,
1: in the middle of a play, when do you decide to so a passing play and you, how, how quickly do you decide, am I really going to uh, throw this or am I going to run?
2: Oh, that's kind of uh, hard to answer. It's kind of just whatever I see on the field. Like I said, once I do make that decision, I just have to go with my instinct and not second-guess myself.
1: Okay. So what about the basketball, football, double? What do you think you carry over from basketball to football?
2: Just my quick footwork, uh, my first step, and just hard work and always just trying to not, like, get the loose ball or whatever, but always trying to make the play and stuff like that the last time I asked this question, you said basketball, but Nick wasn't really sure. What are you you looking
1: for for college now?
2: Still not sure, but I love football. Mm -hmm. If I had to pick one at the moment, it'd be football right now. And maybe six weeks from now, you say basketball. Yeah, but yeah, it would be basketball. But right now, I think I would fit perfectly at a slot at a college.
1: All right, very good. Well, good luck on Friday. Yeah, we'll see
0: you. All right, he sounds very uh, put together.
1: Yeah, he's falling into that role. He said he wanted to be the leader, if you're listening to that. Yep. He certainly knows how to be interviewed. And uh I, the most surprising part about that interview was uh, not having been at that game that he played defense and yeah. really hit a guy hard enough to drop the ball loose you would think that uh, you know with a valuable quarterback like that you might not play him on defense, but it's high school and they put guys where they can to succeed and when they win the football games.
0: So. Yeah and as a number two seed they host Oak Harbor, Oak Harbor seven and two. Yeah. And I think he talked a little bit about them being a very disciplined team and showing he, some new he looks. He did,
1: and one of the things people might have caught from that, he also said they run the wing T, And so Timberline has some experience with that this year. The one of their two losses was in on opening night of non-league play when Tim, uh, Tumwater beat them, and they run the wing T. So it could be uh, a good sign or a bad sign. Maybe they're vulnerable to the wing T, or maybe they learn quite a bit from uh, playing Tumwater, and they'll be able to uh, – uh, handle the Wildcats this time. The interesting thing about this is, obviously, Timberline by having the home game is the higher seed, but Oak Harbor is ranked seventh in the statewide poll, the Blazers ninth. So, in a way, they're the underdog. Mm, yeah, doesn't do
0: any not do you any favors uh, there,
1: huh? Higher seed, but they're the underdog. Well, you know, we talked about at the beginning how the beginning of the season how they're going to have that committee rank the sixteen teams that make it to state. Yes, but prior to that, it's still the old. Third in this league versus second in that Yeah, league. right, right. And so Oak Harbor finished third in their league. Uh, the two teams ahead of them are no doubt ranked ahead of them in the state poll, and they're yep. ranked ahead of Timberline. So you don't get a perfect fairness in the district. Uh, they call district playoffs, even though these are from district, different districts. But once they get to state, that'll all be smoothed out, hopefully by by good results from the committee.
0: That's a little ways away. Yom There's, will finish, uh, Ronquillo's team will finish at least as good as they did last year. Uh, even though they fell to Timberline, uh, 33 to 13, they have the number three seed, and they're going to go, I guess, to Bishop Blanchet, right? A five and three school.
1: They are going to go up to Bishop Blanchett. I wanted to throw one more fact out there about Timberline. Sure, they actually met Oak Harbor two years ago in the playoffs. Timberline won that, 41 38. So, judging by two years ago, very evenly matched teams. But yeah, switching back to Elm, um, you know, their game against Timberline that was. They would have won the championship by winning that game because they had the head-to-head over uh, over Peninsula. In fact, it was the old rock-paper-scissors. Yum had beat Peninsula, right? Peninsula would beat Timberline. Timberline had That's beat like a Elm. Mexican standoff. Yep. But by Yelm losing its second league game, they drop all the way to third from a possible championship. But um, as you said, they have this is a continuing an upward trend for them. Unfortunately, a couple of seniors like quarterback Kyle Robinson who completed 18 of 33 passes for 152 against the Blazers. Carson Ament um, ran for a fourth-quarter touchdown to complete the scoring. He totaled 147 yards on 22 carries. And Austin also led the uh, receivers with six catches for 65 yards. So they're going to lose some of that talent, but um, the overall program is on the rise. And when I talked to Jason earlier this year, he's one of those coaches that scouts all the way down to the fifth and sixth grade knows what's coming, knows what wrinkles he's going to have to make with new personnel. So I'm sure they'll have some answers to not having Kyle next year. And as far as Bishop Blanchett, Braves are 5-3. and three. They finished third in the Metro Mountain Division. And they come off a big loss. The league champion, Eastside Catholic, got the better of them 44-17 last week. And another two teams that haven't met recently. So they'll have to fill each other out and see how it goes.
0: It'll be interesting to see how it goes. College ball. Cougars take the top spot in the Pac-12 North with their 41-38
1: victory over Stanford, and they're going to face California. Yeah, they're swapping opponents from last week with the Huskies, right? And uh, yeah, I think I think WSU is going to handle Cal despite the fact that Cal was able to rise up at home and knock off the Huskies. I think this will be a WSU win.
0: And the, I think you're right. The Huskies, meanwhile, stumbled at Cal uh,
1: or with, against Cal, 12 to 10, the loss. They're going to face Stanford. Yeah, all my uh Cal, you know, I'm from the Bay area, all my Cal fan friends on Facebook, they were, all, "Oh, what a defensive performance." And it must have been because Huskies aren't going to score 10 points very often. Yeah. I I if I was a Husky fan, I'd be a little bit worried about this one. You got a Stanford team coming in that's um fairly good. I mean, there's a lot of good teams in the Pac-12 this year.
0: Yeah, Stanford was ranked to 25 when yeah. they played Wazoo, right? Yep.
1: Yeah. So this is going to be I, I I'd call it a toss-up. I think it's going to be a good game.
0: I think it's unfortunately one the Huskies could lose. It you know, very, very it well is.
1: We'll see. I think WSU's put themselves in a very good spot. Tremendous to position. Win the North. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm a Husky fan, but couldn't be happier for the Cougars. Yeah. Seahawks beat Detroit. They're looking pretty good now. They have some home games, and they're going to play LA Chargers, who's a team I think they've
1: won four in a row. Yeah, they're a surprise team. They're five and two overall, and who did who did thunk it as they say. Um I got I to gotta go with the Hawks, though. They've won four, to five, four of their five last games. The loss was by two to the Rams, who are leading the NFC West. Um, I think they hold serve at home.
0: And that game, uh, 10 o'clock pregame, I believe. And uh, no, 11 o'clock pregame because the a 1 o'clock uh, kickoff. And I'm doing this off the top of my head because I forgot to write it down. But you can hear that on our sister station, uh, KAYO 96.9 on your FM dial. Uh, so let's see first Friday in November, that always brings some stuff that you should do. Turn back your clock for starters, put some new batteries in that smoke detector or all of them discuss an emergency escape plan with your family. Cause it's good to have a plan. Uh, open enrollment for health insurance began yesterday. So if you don't get it from your work, you have six weeks to get that figured out. Lastly, find that ballot, refer to your voters guide. It is worth the time it takes to read a little. Fill in the bubbles that make sense to you. As I said last week, millions of dollars are pouring into Washington State in support of or opposition to issues and races here. Do yourself a favor. Read the guide. Mark the bubbles. These are things that will affect your vote and your vote or that will affect your life. And your vote does count. Put that thing in the mail by tomorrow, they say, at the latest. You can still drop it off at your ballot uh, at one of the 28 drop boxes countywide. That you have till Tuesday night. At 8 o'clock. Well, 105 high school games tonight. 17 more tomorrow. About half of them crossover, maybe more than half of them crossover, Uh, but a bunch of uh, postseason progress. And we'll be back next week to see how that goes. Tonight's weather shouldn't be too bad, chance of rain, but warm enough. Red Zone Tailgaters, Maddie and Lilas are going to be either at Tumwater or Ingersoll Stadium tonight. I'm not really sure yet. Stop by, play the toss game. That should be fun. Thanks to Olympia Orthopedic and Rapid Orthopedic. And thank you for joining us this morning. You can find the podcast. Oh, one more thing. I said last week that that anthem by the uh, player in uh, Maryland was going to be put up on the website. I know it didn't get there. I'm told it'll be there
1: today. That's worth seeing. Can I throw in a comment on that? Yes, you can. I uh, went to that guy's YouTube page, and apparently he's quite the budding country star. He's he's got a dozen or more uh, videos of himself singing on there. Pretty good up-and-coming country singer. You remember Scotty McCreary, who either won or came in second on American Idol and is now a Midland country star. He played a little football, too, or baseball it was. In his day. So interesting to see.
0: Yeah, yeah, and worth a look. Uh, I did the same thing, looked at the YouTube channel and found quite a bit of stuff. All right, we'll see you tonight at one of the games. I hope. Join us next Friday at 8 30 for Red Zone Talk, right here on 95.3 Olympias, KGY. Enjoy the games this weekend, and remember every Friday morning is a Red Zone Talk morning
1: on 95.3 KGY. Ready? Now KGY begins the workday kickoff, playing Olympia's greatest hits,
0: 95.3 KGY.